Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. You know, God loves children. Uh, that is obvious. And the other thing is Satan hates them. And uh, that's proved throughout the Bible and it's still true today. And uh, God has a heart for children. Jesus said, don't you apostles you're turning away the wrong people. If you turn away anybody, turn away those adults. Let those children come on in. Mm-hmm. And uh, so today we're going to talk about that. But before we do, uh, Nathan, you know, God brings us along in our journey and he gives opportunities. And sometimes those opportunities happen. And if we don't go through that door, uh, that opportunity can close, can it? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a sobering thought maybe an activity to stop sometime and think back. You don't want to dwell here, but it, it from time to time, look back over your life, see those spiritual markers in your life, those highs and lows, but maybe even consider what, what open doors did I not walk through? What uh, missed opportunities came my way? And I, uh, out of fear, out of whatever we might, you know, say, uh, I might've missed that. Uh, now, God can redeem any situation at any point in time, and he, he's the master at that. Um, but what that should do is help us to look forward uh, and find those opportunities when they do come our way again and uh, be ready to step in into obedience that way. Well, the reason I bring that up is because of a guest today. Uh, I've, I know him, but I've heard and observed from distance the opportunities that have come his way, uh, and him go through those doors, and it bring great, great re- results in the mm. kingdom of God. Awesome. Our our guest today is Pastor Ray Hall. Ray, thank you for being with us on Exploring Missions. You're welcome. Thank you so much for the invite. And uh, again, uh, Ray is a pastor, and uh, he was bivocational for years as a Mississippi Highway Patrolman and pastor. How many years was that combined, Ray? I started pastor in 06, and then I retired from the highway patrol in 22. Okay. And uh, what a job you have done at East Marietta Baptist Church. That's in northeast Mississippi. Uh, and you, it, it's, I've been by there and seen it, and yes, uh, it is a great church and uh, got a great heritage, revival, missions. It's part of your church, isn't it? Yes, sir. Very much so. And uh, so we praise God for that. I want you to go back. I just want to encourage people. Uh, a revival that was going on at East Marietta, and uh, it came, t- came time to go home, and you guys didn't go home. Y'all stayed around. Yes, sir. That was uh, 2007, and we just started a three-day revival, and then uh, God started moving, and people started responding to God's Word. Uh, people, We were seeing people's lives change, people giving their heart to Christ. And so on that Wednesday night, we said, hey, what? let's just— I don't have plans tomorrow. Let's just gather. And that was the beginning. I was a new pastor. I'd only been pastoring a year. You didn't have enough sense to not I, do this, right? <laughs> that, and I'm like, I, I told the evangelist, it was uh, uh, 
Brother Andy Russell from yeah. Martin Baptist Church over in North Mississippi. I said, I, I have no idea what to do. He said, that's where we want to be because <laughs> yeah. we just let God move. And so 21 days later, we had seen uh, 120 souls come to Christ. And uh, later that month, we then uh, baptized 88 at Bay Springs Lake. Others had went to be baptized in, uh, and gathered in local churches. And so and that spirit of revival still seems to be uh, God is still present if we just do what God's word says. And uh, we're still seeing evidence of that today. That I w- I wanted to share that to encourage people yeah. that 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 is exactly what we pray. You never know when it's going to happen. It wasn't like a huge church at that time. Uh, no, sir. We could seat about a hundred, uh, hundred twenty-five, and we were averaging about three hundred. So we actually <laughs> put a ten out in the middle of a field, and we were having about three hundred attend every night. And so I was a new pastor. Uh, God blessed us with abundance of people to disciple, and so we went right into a building program, and uh, we're still there today discipling uh, the fruits of that. Amen. That's awesome. Well, Nathan, uh, out of that, uh, he grew in a ministry opened up, uh, and it's called Rosemary's uh, Home of Hope. Tell us a little bit about how that occurred, when it occurred, and we'll start from there. So I attended a Bible conference, uh, pastor's conference in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, First Baptist Jacksonville hosts a conference every winter, uh, early January, uh, or late January, early February. And the pastor challenged us, uh, Pastor Mac Brunson at that time, Dr. Mac Brunson, and said, if you've never been outside the walls of the United States, I'm not sure you know how to preach God's Word. I'm not even sure if you can expound on that. And at that time, I was thinking, man, is this is this me? Uh, how, how could someone say that? Because I thought, you know, I was just ready to go every week. And so I said, and he said, and you don't have an excuse. Well, that really got my attention because he said, there's a gentleman here, and Bob Tebow was a member of his church. Yeah. You need to reach out to him. He'll let you go and preach in the Philippines to people that have never heard the gospel, top of mountains. They've never seen someone come in. They've never had a Bible. And I thought, I can do that. So I challenged someone, one of my deacons to go, and, and sure enough, I called him, and I was on a flight that summer and uh, spent 2007, 8, 9, 10, 11 evangelizing and going in these rural, remote areas, jungle areas, and just spreading the gospel. It's easy for me to preach, and so, you know, I'm doing what God <laughs> wants me to do. I enjoy sharing with people, especially people that say, well, Jesus is for the rich man. You know, in these poor areas, I'm like, who told you that? And just open it up and, and sharing God's word. And so I was walking in the streets of Maasin City, which is in southern Leyte in the Philippines. And there was two little boys, and I had a five-year-old boy at the time that looked about five. And they were just, they just had trash in the middle of the day, and they were gathering all this trash. And at the time I had my translator with me, I said, Steve, what's up with these children? They said, they're trash children. They're throwaways. Nobody wants them. I said, okay. I said, man, I want to buy them some food. And there happened to be a little burger stand there. So I, I purchased a burger, two burgers, and I'll never forget. I went over and gave those uh, little boys those hamburgers. And, of course, they took them, and they immediately one of them hid, hid the burger like in his, uh, in his side of his clothes. And I walked away from there, and I was thinking to myself, this is great. I can't wait to talk to my wife. I called her about once a week while I was there and tell her I have fed a five-year-old. I have met and made contact with a five-year-old homeless child that's living on the streets. And I was like, in my mind, I was thinking, I've done a great work. 
Boy, God knows how to humble you, right? Because <laughs> I didn't take but about three steps down that city street, and it was starting to rain, and I felt God tap me on the shoulder and said, that's good, you did a good deed. Who's going to feed them tomorrow? Mm. And at that moment, I knew God was beginning to deal with me of rescuing children. And so that was on Wednesday, Thursday night, I met with local pastors, and I'd been studying this word faith from Hebrews. God's word says without, it's impossible to please God without faith. And I sat back and said, what am I doing right now that's faith and faith alone? Yeah, I pay my bills. But a lot of times we say, well, my job pays me and I pay our bills. We forget God gives you the help to give you the job and it's open those doors. And I sat there and I said, well, it, I trust God with my with my, uh, with my study and I trust God with my sermon. But what am I doing in my life that won't get done if God doesn't do it? And I just sat there and I thought, if I'm going to do this, it's going to require faith. And faith is the only thing that will please God. And so I felt God saying, build a home here and call it Rosemary's. So I share with my director or my interpreter, and he's now my director. He and I have been best friends for years like brothers. And he said, I've been praying, me and my wife have been praying for five years that God would give us an orphanage because our heart is with orphans. And so... As they say, the that was 2011. I said, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to go home, raise money, come back, build an orphanage, and then I won't, we'll start rescuing children. You be doing all the paperwork because I want to make sure the government's on board. I don't get accused of kidnapping children. I want to make sure everything is in order. So he goes and does that, and we sign everything up, and he says, we've got our license in, 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 uh, it working. And he calls and says, hey, the government's called, the police called. we got three children to go pick up. I'm like, what? We can't do that. <laughs> How are we going to get three children? We don't even have a place to put them. And he said, my wife and I will move to the city of Kananga if we can find a place to live. Is that okay? Well, make a long story short, the place is, I found a place for about $90 a month. Me and my wife, were, I said, listen. Nobody may not help us, but we can do this. And so it was $90 for the house. I was paying an extra $100 for the food. So it was about $100, $190 a month, and we were doing this. Well, then, hey, we got two more children. And I look at my wife and say, we, we're not going to be able to do this. And then two more children. I said, we're just going to just pray. By that time, somebody come along and said, hey, we'd like to help y'all because we, we run our home by donation. And then it just started to grow. And I said, okay. My pastor Steve is our director. Steve, we cannot take any more children. 20 is my limit. And on 21, I would get a phone call. Hey, pastor, <laughs> we've got a little boy and a little girl who's on the street and has no food or water. What, what? And I'd say, oh, yeah, okay, listen, we can't take no more in 25 and then 26. And, and now we have uh, 42 children and it, it's all God. Like there's, I, I know my name's attached to it, but if, if, you see uh, the ministry there. It's. It, I hope you see nothing of me because I cannot do any of this. It's. It's all God, and then that's just evolved into our children. Now we've had children for twelve years. We started a private school there. You got to educate children if they're gonna. You give them hope, a spiritual hope, but if they're gonna have hope outside in living in this world, how can they survive once they leave our home? And so we, we started a private school in 16. We just had our first graduates two years ago. Now I have uh, six of our children actually in college. We're taking them through college. We started a church there. Uh, there was no church on the mountain there in Kananga. And so we started our first church in 2000 and, uh, uh, 2012. Um, and uh, that was our first church. And then our children, now they start 
started doing missions. You start discipling children. They, they are, they're just bathing God's love and God's word. And all of a sudden they want to be missionaries. And so we go out in the summertime and we start doing evangelism and you, you go to these unreached areas and they're like, Hey, you reach them, but there's no Bibles. And we're like, let's plant a church here. Well, how are you going to plant a church with no pastors? And so the vision came, Hey, why don't we have a pastor training? And so we started bringing in pastors and training them and then sending them out to these churches we're planting. And, and I, I can never come up with it. This is all God. And so uh, to date, I think we have uh, we have seven churches there. Uh, three of them are fully functional, and now they go and do missions. And then we have four that are, are uh, what I would say, in those first few years where it's just growth. They're still meeting in home churches, and we supply them with Bibles. We supply them with a pastor, and then obviously we supply them with encouragement. And our children go into those villages now, and when they do their summer missions or our young teenagers— there's a church. Say, so, hey, here's a here's a church where you can continue your faith and continue your growth. And so, I know that's a lot. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's amazing. Amen. Story. Um, and in my mind, I can go a lot of different places, and I don't want to say something very um, shallow, but I, I do want to go back and, and just mention. So, you're doing all this as a bivocational pastor in the United States. Is that is that right? Yes, I retired in 2022. Right. So I've been a full-time pastor since July 1st of 2022. But then I felt God calling me into another <laughs> mission field that's sort of unique, and I got into politics. Okay. And uh, I, I felt God calling me, and I told my wife, we prayed about it, and said, hey, if God opens that path, that'll just be another mission field. And so I actually recently elected as a justice court judge in Prentice County, okay. uh, in which Northeast, is in Northeast Mississippi yeah. as well. Well, wow. so it it just just in hearing kind of your story, and I know this is not all of your story, but um, you know, as we talked about God sending revival to to the local church where you're pastoring, and and then uh, God opening up this opportunity to uh, work with children, and then and then pastors and churches in the Philippines, um, and even now in this new avenue of of uh, uh, in political life. Uh, providing biblical uh, Christian leadership in in that realm uh, seems like that God is working, moving, and you are simply He's using you to facilitate some of that movement. And um, I was just thinking that's what missions is, right? I mean, God is He's on mission. Mm-hmm. He's got a global redemptive mission, and He just pulls people from where they are and says, "Hey, I'm doing this. Jump in and get involved." And I'm sending you, and it will look different for a lot of different people. Um, it's really interesting to hear your your perspective and your story on that. Um, let me ask one basic question, though. All right, so it's called Rosemary's Home of Hope. Can you tell us why Rosemary? Yeah, very good question. So uh, when I come out of patrol school uh, with the Mississippi Highway Patrol, I was sent about two and a half hours from my home. So my wife was up here. Back then, troopers, I think our salary was about 24000 So I was going to try to live in two places and keep up two homes, and I was very, it just wasn't a good situation. Uh, I enjoyed the work, and the highway patrol was very good to me, uh, but uh, my living conditions, and I, I had nowhere uh, to stay. I stayed with a friend uh, uh, down in the Delta, and they were so gracious to us. The Connor family t- took me in, and they were such a good help. But eventually, I had to move. 
and I couldn't, there was no rental property. I was stationed in Carroll County, which is sort of central Mississippi. And uh, this uh, lady actually, her and her husband took me in, and her name was Rosemary. And they said, listen, uh, we've got an old house, hadn't been lived in. We won't charge you any rent uh, because, you know, we just, but if you'll just, you know, try to do the repairs and stuff. And so they took me in. Well, she become like a grandmother to me. And I would come in, and there would be a little igloo cooler of food on the doorstep <laughs> while I was out working. And she owned the only restaurant in the in the little town there. And she would call and say, hey, I've got your breakfast cooked. I said, Miss Rosemary, you don't have to do that. She said, I'm not asking. I'm telling you, come eat. <laughs> and so I, uh, she taught uh, Sunday school for about 60 years, small children at North Carrollton Baptist Church. Miss Rosemary passed 2011. She mm-hmm. doesn't, she didn't, had no knowledge of this. Uh, but I think once I heard God sort of impress on me, call it Rosemary's, I look back and even on Monday and Tuesday when the restaurant went open, her and her husband, we sat and we we studied the Bible on their picnic table in their yard. And then they took me in their church and I was thinking, she took me in, she fed me, she encouraged me, she gave me God's word and she loved me. She gave me hope. But I knew no one, and I thought, that's exactly the model that God is given for uh, us awesome. with this home here. I, I just got to review a little bit. Okay, uh, you go to a conference in Jacksonville, Florida, and a pastor challenges you <laughs> and others to preach on international field. You take that challenge that summer. You go to the Philippines. You see two five-year-old boys, and you buy a hamburger, and you're proud of that. <laughs> yes. But then God mm, kind of says, what are they going to eat tomorrow? Right. Those small markers, Ray, mm-hmm. you know, uh, hearing a challenge, mm-hmm. seeing a child, you got to have your father's eyes, Absolutely. don't you? And. And your ears have got to be open. In ears. And and when I hear that, I, I just want to take a moment to talk to the people who are who are listening. Uh, small beginnings, small little openings may be just the beginning of something that God wants to do in you and through you. He first did the work in you, didn't he, Ray? Absolutely. And he broke your heart for those two, two, two little boys. Little right. boys. And... This is what God does in our lives. Well, here's what's happened. It's grown, 42. Uh, it's got to be more than your salary now, right? So it's it, <laughs> people have joined in. I know they have because I've right. talked to them. I know they have. Right. They've joined in. You had the vision, and now God has brought others to see that vision, to be a part of that vision. And... Uh, that whole that whole ministry has blossomed and grown where it's not just you, but it's a whole lot of people. A- absolutely. I, I think one of uh, one of the things I have you know, on our, our website, there's fingerprints. All our children that come to our home, we put their fingerprint or their handprint on the wall there at the front porch. And when I go and challenge people, I said, if you've ever gave 50 cents and bought a, uh, a flip-flop, that's your fingerprints. Those fingerprints represent not just that child. That child didn't bring anything but their handprints or, or their selves to the home. Nothing. So the home, the food, the clothes, the flip-flops, the medical care they, they get, everything 
has someone's fingerprints on it. And so as far as missions, my challenge would be, what are your fingerprints touching? What are your hands and feet touching? Because I know you said about missions, I, I try to challenge our church all the time and say, life, in the Christian life, I believe two lies. Number one, I believe that, well, if you're a good Christian, you'll go on a mission trip. I said, life's not about going on a mission trip. It's about being on a mission every day. It's yeah. living a mission life. And the second uh, thing that I, I missed when I was a, a child, I believed this, and I don't I don't know why I believe this. If I didn't preach, sing, build, or paint, I could not be a missionary. Mm. And what I've learned, if you can throw a football, if you can mm-hmm. hug a neck, if you can braid hair, paint fingernails, if you can smile, you can be a missionary, whether it's across the street or across the seas. God wants us on mission every day, and he brings things in our life every day that we can have an impact for him to shine him as paul said you know uh, to reveal uh, simply means to to pull away and just like revelation to unveil the word of god to unveil him in my life every day and so i i, I now look at missions as totally different hey if god's calling you to a mission it, yeah i can't build either i still i tear up i can't build <laughs> But I can do what God's given me the ability to do, and it fits. It works. We're talking uh, today with Ray Hall with Rosemary's Home of Hope. You can go to that website, rosemaryshomeofhope.com. Ray, I I do want to ask you about, um, I know during times of COVID, uh, the Philippines was one of those countries that... um, that I'd heard anyway, and I know the Philippines is a unique place, lots of islands and lots of um, unique cultures about it. It's not one distinct culture. It's lots of cultures and peoples, but um, it was pretty extreme in the lockdown that they had. How did that affect you guys? What what did that look like for you guys on the ground? Um, so the unique part of it, anytime there's a natural disaster or here with a COVID, um, so how do you continue to minister and continue to share Christ? If you if you go on our website, actually, I was just looking the other day, you'll see one thing we did. It, there was, the shutdowns were massive. And you're talking about it, it, where we're at in the rural mountains. People don't have refrigerators. They go and get their food every day and bring home and, and cook, usually over open fire uh, where we're at. And so when you're told you can't travel, you can only go to the grocery store once a week and there's no refrigerators, you can imagine the hardships and the poverty. And so one thing I was able to do here was uh, to generate resources and send there. And then we would buy, on that day we got to go to the store, we would actually buy an abundance of rice. It takes about a 1,000 pounds of rice just to feed our home each month. But we would buy an abundance and we would divide that up and our children then would go and deliver those goods in the in these mountainous regions to people that were just struggling because you couldn't go work because you you had in home orders, and so it, it was to sit back. Okay, this is a challenge, but how can we bring God honor and glory through this challenge? And God just open up those kind of doors uh, so that our home and the children are home actually become uh, missionaries of delivering in a humanitarian need, delivering food and water. Awesome. I wanted to expand on this and the churches that have started and the pastors that are there ministering. Uh, the outreach is significant. Is it still on the same island or is it different places? How how are they located in different areas? Uh, yes, sir. So we have uh, our churches. I have two or three. I was trying to think uh, that are in the 
uh, within 40 minutes of our home. But then I have several churches in, in Samar, which is six, seven, eight-hour drive, and then eastern Samar as far as 12 hours away. And we are working on building another home on the island of Palawan, which is, you're going to have to get there by airplane uh, through Manila. Uh, that will be our second uh, orphanage. Uh, as God opens the resources, we'll continue to build there, and there'll be another church there. Uh, but uh, to answer your question, I do have maybe three local churches that are within an hour, but then the rest of them are, are quite a distance away. Basically, wherever God leads us, if, if there's no church and there's no gospel, go in, share the gospel, provide Bibles, and then plant churches. And that's sort of the uh, the plan or the uh, map that God has given us. When you look at that new building, new orphanage, uh, how is it? do you have a time scale? Can people... They want to see that happening, and they would want to join you. They can get on the website and find out. Yes, sir. Uh, we've just now we we obviously purchasing land is your initial cost, and then you get your permits, and then utilities, and then we're just now at a point of building the uh, the base of the home and just starting to see how God is going to work through this. Uh, the people group there, the Warai Warai people, the native uh, people, is is sort of. Uh, our focus because there's a lot of children there that uh, they're needing hope. Mm. And so that's where God has led us there. And and I've raised up staff. I haven't. God has raised up staff uh, so that we'll be able to put staff there. And uh, our paperwork, it'll just, again, it'll be an extension of our home of Rosemary's, which is in Kananga. So um, the the people group, the say that again, the name of the people group. So the language or the dialect there is Warai Warai. Okay. So if you ever go preach in the Philippines to the Warai Warai people, Warai Warai in the native tongue means nothing, nothing. Oh, wow. And when you look at them and say, hey, society may say Warai Warai, nothing, nothing. But God says, you're something, something to mm. me that he sent his son just to die for you. You are something. Yeah. And it's just a great uh, it's just a great opportunity. That's awesome. So, um, Ray, let me just ask you to do this. Um, we got a, about a minute or so. Could you just speak to our listeners, those that are listening to this, and maybe encourage them to look for those opportunities, listen for the Spirit to speak to them about whatever it is God might have for them, you know, um, in their life. It might be something big. It might be something small. Um, how would you encourage someone like that that's, li- that's wanting to listen for what God has for them, wanting to see what God has for them? Yeah. So in Matthew, uh, I believe, chapter 9, where Jesus looked and his heart was moved compassion, he said, man, the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. A laborer is simply someone who's toiling the ground. And so when we, if I'm going to apply that to my life, how can I toil the ground? I had an aunt that was disabled, but she sat in her house, wrote cards at Christmas to people. There's something you can do if you'll just open your eyes and say, what can I do for God to bring him glory? And when he begins to impress, do it and get out of the way and let him use you. My sheep hear my voice. We need to hear his voice, don't we? Amen. Our guest today has been Ray Hall. Ray, thank you for being with us. Brother, I. it's exciting to see someone that's as excited about their work Absolutely. as you are. It's encouraging, brother. Keep it up. Don't lose that zeal, that passion that you have. Uh, You're blessing to a lot of people on the radio, even here today. And if you want to be a part of the work that's going on in the Philippines, 
That website is rosemaryshomeofhope.com. And you can be a part, find out what's going on, and you can be on mission in the Philippines. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions.